This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Uncommon Christian Podcast. I am Michael Hinton, and today you are tuning in to episode number 25. Thanks for tuning in today. We're in a conversation series called Lessons Learned, where we are looking back at some of the lessons that we've learned from the year that was 2020. What a crazy year it was. Kind of reminds me um, when I was in middle school and our church youth group took a trip to Tennessee for summer camp. And a part of that trip, uh, we got to do some uh, whitewater rafting at the end of the week. Now, I wasn't sure what to expect, being that this was my first time that I'd ever gone whitewater rafting. I'd seen it in the movies and heard about it from others who had done it. And honestly, I, it looked pretty scary and fun at the same time. Now, you don't know this about me, but I am, or was, I'm 35 now, going to be 36 this year. Wow. But I, I was a, an adrenaline junkie back then. Man, I loved roller coasters, jumping off of roofs onto trampolines, just normal crazy things that middle school boys, you know, like to do, right? So I figured that while whitewater rafting looked scary, it was also going to be a blast. Now, when we arrived to the location, there was a TV in the lobby that was playing some of the previous trips that this company had taken down the river. And as I stood there and watched it, an unknown fear began to uh, creep up inside of me. And by the time the video was done, I was absolutely convinced that I was not going to get in that raft. I immediately ran over to one of our youth group leaders who was standing next to the rafting guy that was going to go with us. And I told him, I said, look, this is not happening. I'm not getting on this raft. And I began to explain all the reasons it was a bad idea and how I didn't think that I would make it back alive. Now, the rafting guide who was standing there politely interrupted and and asked what my concerns were. So I began to state that uh, the water looked super rough and that the raft uh, looked really insecure and that there were no seatbelts to keep me securely inside the raft. And why did my mom have to sign a waiver saying that she wouldn't sue if I died? Because if she had to sign that, that means that probably some other people have died before. And I just kept going on and on. And then I started asking questions about the safety of the raft and and what was the, the guide's level of training and how many people has he lost or how many people has died under his watch and finally the guide just says to me look young man I can I can answer all the questions you want but at the end of the day I can't provide all the clarity you need it's going to take you trusting me to get you through it and back here safely that moment has stuck with me ever since and I'm often reminded of that moment when clarity seems to be hard to come by And of course, looking back on 2020, it seemed more often than not, I was searching for clarity for things clarity just didn't exist, or there were so little to be found. I mean, think about it. The pandemic hit in the middle of March, and the questions started flying. What does work look like? What does school look like for the kids? How will we supply our house with the essentials? How will we get to the doctor's? How do we know if we have the virus? How do we get rid of the virus? How do I continue to be neighborly if we can't invite people over? And how do I lead my staff at my work? And and how do we lead the church? And how do I counsel people to lead their own homes and, and in their workplaces? Then God dropped an amazing opportunity in our path, okay, out of the blue, 
this started happening and we started having conversations and at, and God asked us to step out in faith to move and to serve at a new ministry. And that came with all sorts of questions and not too many answers. And as I sit here and think through all the uncertainty and lack of clarity that I faced in 2020, I can only imagine that for some of you listening, that you as well faced uncertainty as well. And when we all face uncertainty, you and I would be lying if we said we didn't want clarity to ease our anxiousness. Why? Because it puts us in control. You see, clarity allows us as best as we can to control the chaos and limit any frustrations. As Steve Marbolo once said, it's a lack of clarity that creates chaos and frustrations. Those emotions are poison to any living goal. You see, when we feel like we don't have clarity, we feel like we don't have control. The more lack of control can feel detrimental to the soul. It tends to trigger our flight or fight natural instinct. But what if there was another way? What if there was another way to deal with uncertainty? One of the best lessons I learned from 2020 is that instead of always searching for clarity, I need to trust. Here's what I mean. It's not that the desire to have clarity is bad. On the contrary, clarity can be really good and freeing. But when you can't find it, get it, or get enough of it, what do you do? Where do you go? But if you have trust in the midst of seeking clarity and don't find it, you're not left in a world of anxiety. And the one place to put your trust, better yet, the one person to put your trust in is Jesus. As Corey Ten Boone once said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Or, as one of the writers of Proverbs 3 writes, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So I just want to take this episode, and I just want to share with you five ways that I've tried to remind myself to trust Jesus when I don't have the clarity I think I need. Just five simple ways. This is not going to be a super long episode, but I just really felt like these are the things that really helped me get through 2020 and hopefully will encourage and help me move further and faster uh, to what God wants in 2021. And I hope these will help you too. So here are the five ways. The first thing I did and the first thing that uh, I encourage you to do is to check God's credentials, okay? Check God's credentials. Here's what I mean. When you need a doctor or a mechanic or you're looking for a new restaurant or some service you're looking to have done, right? What's the first thing you typically do? Or what, what's the first thing you should do? Uh, I typically check the reviews. If I'm going to buy something, if I'm going to go to the doctor, if I'm going to go to a restaurant, I check the reviews. Or, or I ask around for recommendations from friends or family. Or I, I, I ask, have you used this service and what was the experience like? You know, we can do the same thing with Jesus, believe it or not. All you have to do is open up the Bible and check out one of the four letters that were written about Jesus. We can also go to the Old Testament and see God's faithfulness over and over again. You know, one of the writers, King David, one of the best musical artists 
ever known, the greatest actually probably, wrote in Psalms 119.90, one of his lyrics that he spit out was this. He said, your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. You see, all you have to do is talk with people who have been following Jesus for some time. Ask them how God has helped them in times of uncertainty to trust. And man, I hope that they tell you the the ways that he's done that, and that will help you continue to trust God or to trust God for the first time. Here's another thing you can do. You can ask God for his help. Literally, that's all you get. You, you can literally ask God for his help. When we find ourselves struggling to trust God and a lack of clarity we have, all we have to do is ask for help. Now, I know this sounds simple, um, and that's because it is. Asking God for help is exactly what he wants us to do. King David, again, says in Psalm 34, 17, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their trouble. Now, let me make something clear, okay? When we ask God for help, that doesn't mean he is obligated to help in the way we desire or want. Let me say that again. When we ask God for help, that doesn't mean that he is obligated to help in the way we desire or want. But... He will help in the way we need. Just the promise is sometimes the way we need is not the way we want. And that help will most likely come in the form of trusting him even when we don't understand it. So you're struggling with trust, right? Because you can't find clarity. Ask God to help you. Here's the third thing we can do. We can choose to hold on. In moments of uncertainty and lack of clarity, In order for us to trust God, we can choose to hold on. You see, trust is a verb, an action only we can choose to take. No one can do it for us, and it's a choice we have to make even when we don't feel like it, okay? We don't need our emotions' permission to hold on and trust God. We just have to do it. There are often times that our emotions will say, no, don't trust, don't trust, don't trust, You just got to force yourself. Okay, you know what? Even though I don't feel like trusting, I don't want to trust, I am going to trust God. And there are so many promises in the Bible that we can hold on to when we lack clarity. You see, promises about his presence, about his peace, about his comfort, about his provision, about his strength, his forgiveness, and how he will fight for you and I. Here's the fourth thing. Let go. Let go. This one may be the hardest of them all, honestly, and one that I often struggle with. Now, whether you know it or not, we all trust in something every minute of every day. The question is, what have you been trusting that isn't God? Maybe you've been trusting yourself or a doctor or a book or maybe some other person or something you read online or maybe some half-truths or false truths. But to fully trust God, we must let go of these other things and grasp hold of God with both hands. You see, what tends to happen sometimes is that we try to hedge our bets, right? Yeah, we, we all, we'd all do this, right? We think, okay, I'll trust God, and I'll trust, and you fill in the blank, right? And we think, okay, if, if this falls through, then God will come through. But if, if God doesn't come through, then this will come through. But you see, trust that is not fully given isn't real trust at all. It's simply wishful thinking in disguise. 
So the question is, what are you trusting that isn't God? Because it's time to let that go. And here's the last thing. Keep a record. Keep a record. Keep a record of how you see God's faithfulness in your life. You see, when we begin to trust God, it builds our confidence in Him for the future. And it raises our expectation of what He can and will do, and it sets us up to trust Him more next time. Think about it like this. It's like depositing money in the bank. The more you make, the more you can put into your bank account, right? And so the same is for trusting God. The more you record what he's done, the more you will see his faithfulness, the more you'll trust him in the future. Well, I want to be honest with you, as I usually try to be, that this won't be easy. And there will be days that trusting God in the midst of uncertainty will be hard and you'll want to quit. I know for me, when my anxiety gets the best of me, trust is the last thing I want to be told or to be forced to do. I just want clarity. But I have found that when I am lacking clarity, trusting who God is, what he has promised, and all that he's done for me in the past is the only thing that will have gotten me through those seasons of uncertainty. And let me be honest, that's what it means to be an uncommon Christian. That when the world is going crazy because it doesn't have clarity, you and I stand apart. Because even in the midst of the chaos, we have trust. And let me tell you this, trust over clarity wins all day and every day. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. And if this was helpful for you, would you do me a big favor and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you would provide a positive rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts because it will help this show reach more people. And that's what it's all about, not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.